And we are live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Matthew Paris Show. I'm your host, Matthew Paris. I do not have a guest today. Uh, this is kind of a last-minute show, so we couldn't find one. But don't worry about it. The show will go on. So I will do another episode, and I will talk about certain things. Um, so let's get right into it. Let's talk about the Johnny Menzel documentary on Netflix. It premiered August 8th. So uh, Johnny Menzel... If uh, a lot of people don't know who's watching this, Johnny Menzel um, was a Texas A&M quarterback. He was the first freshman to ever win the Heisman. His uh, fame and his status was growing, and that's what the documentary focuses on. Um, Menzel came from Kerrville, Texas, tiny, tiny, kind of a hunting community in Kerrville, Texas. He went to Tyvee High School, to Tyvee Antlers. I've been to Kerrville. I've seen Antler Stadium, pretty nice stadium. I believe it's a uh, 3A school. So he performed really, really well over there. The documentary goes into this. He performed really well on there. He became a recruit. He did become one of the top recruits in Texas, though. He became um, – he went to, He eventually went to Texas A&M, but there were only two Texas teams that recruited him, two Texas colleges. That was Rice and Baylor, uh, the Rice Owls and the Baylor Bears. So um, – and then he committed to, uh, I think, somewhere out of state to play college football – but once uh, he did really well, I believe, his senior year and uh, did his uh, combine for college recruits, Texas A&M kept calling. So he did commit to Texas A&M. He did say in the documentary, though, that most of his friends went to the University of Texas Longhorns in Austin. So um, that's where most of his buddies went to. But he committed to A&M. He was an Aggie. Did really well his freshman year. Won the Heisman his freshman year. That's when his status started to blow up. Uh, the media, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, um, really uh, promoted him. And could this be the next guy? He then earned the nickname Johnny Football, right? Which somebody in the documentary said, you know, do you like being called Johnny F uh, Football? And he said, I love it. I love it. So he was a guy who liked to party and stuff like that. Um, the documentary does go into certain things like uh, he ran his own autograph business. So basically he would charge lots of people for money for autographs. So he ran a, his own autograph business, which made him quite a bit of money. He did that at Texas A&M. Um, he was also really into drugs. I believe he was into cocaine, alcohol, definitely alcohol most of the time, but um they uh so after so after Texas A&M after a uh, football game at Texas A&M he would go out party with his buddies and he would do drugs and alcohol and, and whatnot so he um he did all that stuff he his status was blowing up so he would party all the time um so he he continued through Texas A&M until he became a top recruit for the NFL it, uh the documentary also goes into his pro day for uh, the NFL, not the combine, the pro day. He actually ended up throwing to his agent who dressed out in Cleveland Browns gear and uh, his agent and his, I believe his, uh, one of his buddies too, that he threw to on pro day, <coughs> which is kind of, kind of weird. And then the uh, Cleveland Browns said, well, that's our guy. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so, it's a very interesting documentary on a guy's life that kind of, you know, spiraled out of control, but he also, he lived it to the fullest. He would also, 
there was a time where he went to LA. He went to Los Angeles. He rented out this house, uh, I think in the, in, uh, the Hills somewhere to, uh, from this landlord. He paid thousands of dollars to do it. So he ran out of this house. He spent the next couple of days just partying, just really partying hard. There's actually a, a, um, picture of him on a uh, kind of an inflatable duck in the pool and him drinking uh, like a bottle of Jack or something like that. Uh, so Manziel liked to live it up. So he, um, after a couple of days, he was only supposed to be there for like a week. And then the landlord went up there. He said, the landlord said, yeah, man, I used to hear loud music coming from there all the time. People, you know, uh, having conversations, a bunch of people coming in and out of that place. So he would, um, but during the day he was supposed to leave, um, the landlord went up there and said, Hey, you know, you, you got to check out here. Your time's to check out, but he was up, but Manzel was up there, you know, passed out. Uh, the place was a wreck and, um, yeah, so he never checked out, but eventually he got, uh, got him up there. The guy ended up suing Menzel for like, I don't know, 300 K, 400 K, something like that for, for ruining the, the place. But, you know, after that, they go into his, family a little bit they talked to uh paul and michelle menzel which is his uh dad and his mom and you know um his dad at one point said hey i can't i can't control him anymore he's hanging out with people like drake and lebron james who keep texting him and stuff like that so and he just goes out party every night and you can look this up on youtube there's youtube video of him uh menzel just partying and have a good time with his guys so his boys so um so yeah so uh menzel the documentary also goes into uh menzel's uh i think uh there was a time where he uh slapped his girlfriend right in the ear and she filed a filed a report on him and a domestic violence report on him so it kind of goes into that a little bit <laughs> but he but he was a guy who lived it up uh, eventually his uh he he was he showed a lot of promise as a quarterback, which is the sad thing here. He went from you know being the one of the top picks with the Cleveland Browns to you know being um, <clears throat> being um, just forgotten uh, after the Cleveland Browns. At one point, Menzel did say on the documentary that he was suicidal, uh, that he tried at one time to do it, try to commit suicide, but he he failed at it. Um, so eventually he would get kicked out of the NFL. He would go to the Canadian league for a minute, get kicked out of there because he was partying too much. And then he would, um, go to, uh, he would go to, um, this new, uh, fans owned kind of football league, which he was playing there. I think he played for like the Rattlers or the Razzlers or something like that, where fans would choose to play from their phone and they would be hooked into the helmet or hooked into the sideline to, to uh, which play to go to. So he started playing for that. And he's very famous for saying the line of, and this was Manziel. He was very famous for saying the line in that, that um, league saying he told the press guy, whether we win or lose, we booze. So um, he was still at it at that time. He was still partying a lot. Eventually, what I heard is that he went back to his parents in Kerrville, Texas, and he said, "Hey, I need some help here. I think he ran out of money. I think the, I think the fans and his people or so-called entourage left him. So he went back to his parents' house and he said, "Hey, I need some help. So uh, hopefully, he can get the help that he needs. 
And uh, it was a very fascinating look at a documentary um, about a guy's life, inside guy's life, where the fame and the money just kind of destroyed it all. Um, so you never know, you know, uh, you could have all that. He, he did say at one point in the documentary that when he won the Heisman <clears throat> and he was getting all this attention and he was drafted to the Cleveland Browns and he was winning football games and losing football games and partying and, and, and offering contracts and making so much money uh, and, you know, partying and alcohol and drugs and everything. He said he felt like once he got all that, he said he felt like that that was the most uh, loneliness he's ever felt in his life. So um, we wish the guy all the best. We wish Manziel all the best. And uh, yeah, but it's a very fascinating documentary. If any of you guys have Netflix, I highly recommend checking it out. It's called Untold, uh, the story of Johnny Football. And yeah, so highly recommend to check it out. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about the United States women's national team. So supposedly uh, the U S women's soccer team has now been, uh, been beaten by Sweden. They're out of the 2023 world cup women's world cup. I heard the coach, the head coach got fired. So they're looking for another coach. Uh, Megan uh, Raponi is going to retire uh, after this. So, uh, you know, wish, wish all the best of luck to them. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, there's not much really to say about the uh, U.S. women's soccer team. Um, as far as uh, all the uh, stuff going on about uh, kneeling for the flag and stuff like that, look, you don't kneel for your for the flag. You know, you don't kneel for it. You kind of disrespect the country. You came from this country. You know, you worked hard for this country, so you should stand for the flag. You don't go. You don't see other countrymen our country women in other countries kneeling for the flag. So uh, America has got, you stand for the flag. Okay. Um, so I know a lot of people are happy that the U S women's national team is out and, you know, probably for, for good reason. So, uh, but if, you know, if you're from any type of country, you stand for the flag, that's your flag, that's your colors, you know, be proud of the flag, be proud of your country. All right. No matter what kind of history it's gone through, a violent history or whatnot, there's a reason why we are, the you know, at the point that we are today. Um, and it, it could get better. It could get better. But it ha you have to rely on people for it to get better. You know, you don't look for the past. You move to the future. So um, so my point is, you know, you stand for the flag. So hopefully the U.S. women's team can get get that going and uh in the future future games and and this is for everybody it's not just for women this is for the men's team too or any type of sports team you stand for the flag okay um so now that we got that out of the way let's talk about something fun um so i was uh researching on youtube the other day and i saw a uh kind of interesting thing a sports sports with marbles uh so this guy, I think it's Jezebel or, or Jesse or something like that, runs this. Uh, he's a big fan of motorsports, motor racing. And he's got – he races. He builds his own track, and he films his own track uh, with, like, uh, Legos or something like that. But he does it with marbles. So these marbles, uh, he places, like, 10, 12 marbles. And uh, it's done – he films it like – it cuts it like a real uh, race. So he has an announcer. He announces and everything. So um, 
he says go. The marbles actually go, and they go around these corners like a real racetrack, like you know, cars and everything, and he has sound effects. It's kind of cool, so I highly recommend checking that out. It's fun to watch if you want to kill you know, a few minutes of your time and just look at some fun on YouTube to watch. Um, so, yeah, so uh, let's talk about the Michael Orr case. Okay, so Michael Orr. Uh, you know, prominent player, Super Bowl champion, won the uh, won the Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens. He was an offensive lineman, started 112 games for the for the Ravens. He also went to uh, a couple other teams. I, I believe he finished with the Carolina Panthers. So, let's talk about the Orr case. So, Michael Orr is suing the people who uh, who took him in, uh, the Tuies, uh, Sean Tuie and Leanne Tuie. Uh, his name, you know, he was a very prominent figure. He was a subject of the of the hit movie The Blind Side, which grossed over three hundred million and was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture at the time. Uh, Sandra Bullock also won the uh, Oscar for Best Actress. So, um, so let's talk about this. So, um, so Michael Orr is suing his uh, guardians for. Uh, large sums of money. He said that he never got paid any royalties from the Blind Side movie. He said he's come out and said that he does not like the Blind Side. That his they, the movie's depiction of him is kind of false. So uh, it's a great movie. I like the movie. If you watch the movie, there's a uh, scene where you know after the Tuies take him in and stuff like that. It's a very you know sweet movie, very good movie. But the Tuies take him in and. Uh, you know, he's he's from the he's homeless at the time they take him in. You know, he's from the hood, stuff like that. He doesn't have any money. I believe his mother was a, uh, you know, did drugs and did crack and stuff like that. So um, they take him in and uh, you find out later in the movie that he has a talent for football. However, the movie kind of predicts that he doesn't know really know anything about the rules of football and whatnot. So, you know, the coaches and, and Leanne and. And his parents kind of, you know, guide him through this. And, he, and he, you find out later he has a talent for it. So here's the thing. Um, uh, Michael had said, though, at the beginning that that wasn't true, that, you know, he had been studying the game of football ever since he was a little kid, ever since he was in the hood and stuff like that. And he knew the rules of football. So he was kind of upset by that. Um, but the long story short of it, that besides him not really liking the movie, is that, he is now suing the Tuies for uh, what he thought was that they adopted him. And the Tuies actually never really adopted him. They did a conservatorship, which is basically kind of like adoption. It's kind of, a, you know, looking after you, legal guardian type thing. But um, but I think his problem, Michael's problem, is that um, he never got royalties from the movie. And uh, the Tuies did for all the kids, for Collins, for... Uh, for Sean Jr., the son, and for Sean and Leanne. Okay, so here's my thing about this. I've been talking about other people about this. So the guy literally came from the hood. He came. He sort of came from nothing. He wasn't very well educated. The Tuies take him in, and they, you know, they send him to a private academy where he gets to thrive in football. And what happens is that he gets he earns a scholarship to Ole Miss, plays for Ole Miss, and then he gets drafted to the Baltimore Ravens. Right. So the Tuies took him in. Now you have to ask yourself the question of: Do if the Tuies did not take him in, will he still be able to thrive in football 
and and go to Ole Miss and play for Ole Miss and then go to NFL to play for the Baltimore Ravens. The truth is, I don't know. Um, but the Tuies gave him a better shot at it than anybody else did. Um, you have to remember, Michael Orr came from the hood. So um, if the Tuies had nothing to do with him, would he still have gone to the NFL? That's hard to say. However, he might have ended up in a life of crime, you know, in the hood. And the movie predicts that a little bit. So, you know, you're going to sue some people who took you in and gave you a shot and gave you a tutor and stuff like that to, to help you get through school so you do have a chance to do it. I don't know. I think right now a couple people have asked me and said, I think Michael or Big Mike needs some money right now, and that's why he's doing it. Um, you know, if he doesn't like the – you know, he doesn't like the movie. He has said he doesn't like the movie, but yet he's – trying to sue the Tuies for royalties of the movie doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So um, the Tuies now have come out and said that they're shocked by this. Sean and, and uh, Leanne Tuie have. Um, they have decided to end their conservatorship with Michael Orr. Um, they probably wish Michael Orr all the best. Um, will this be made into a sequel called The Blind Lie? I don't know. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> but um you know, it, it's a sad, sad thing. I mean, those the parents did take him in, you know, and gave him the best opportunities possible that he might not have gotten from being from the hood. So let's let's think about that, Michael. Okay, um, you start your Super Bowl champion. You started 112 games in your career. Um, you you play for different teams. You ended your uh, career with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, doesn't really look so good now that you're suing Sean and Leanne Tui who took you in. So, um, so yeah, so we wish those guys all the best. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be handled delicately from the lawyers, but uh, I know the Tui's in the conservatory ship, and we'll see if Michael Orr gets the money. Now, you're going to have a couple other people say, well, fair is fair. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, he also said he didn't like the movie, and these guys took him in, and um, – there was also rumors going around that Sean had met with uh, Steven Spielberg and had also met with uh, Harvey Weinstein before he went to prison for, for all the sexual abuse of women uh, for the rights to Michael Orr's life. And they got paid large sums of money for that. I don't know. I wasn't there. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see where this case goes. Um, it's an interesting case, you know, but, you know, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. So, uh, so yeah. So let's talk about a couple other stuff. Um, my books are out, Honor Among Players, uh, my sports book. Um, that's out. That's out on Amazon right now. You could also find it on Barnes & Noble online. My other book, too, all my other books, The Light That Shines Upon the Players, which is basically the psychology of athletes, that's on Amazon. Um, my, uh, my first book, Preparing Athletes for the Future, which I wrote a couple of years ago, um, I was, I've been a coach for 14 years in uh in austin i'm recently now in houston but um you know that's out right now on amazon so for anybody watching besides hitting the subscribe button right here make sure you uh go check those out see if uh you know i'm sure you guys will enjoy it they make a great gift too so yeah um so yeah that's all i have for today i hope everybody's doing well before we leave make sure you hit that like and subscribe button and uh, it's always a great time here on the matthew paris show and i will talk to you guys soon all right take care